Welcome to Cardinal Law University, translating the Pennsylvania workers' compensation law into plain English for injured workers. This is a monthly series to help injured workers and the public in general understand the complex law in Pennsylvania regarding workers' compensation. My name is Thomas Smallwood, Vice President of Marketing for Cardamone Law. I'll be your host, and I'll be asking the tough question to Michael W. Cardamone, attorney and owner of our workers' compensation boutique firm, Cardamone Law. We are coming at you live from Studio 100 West Main. Mike, how you doing? Hey, Tom. Good to be with you today. Great to have you. Well, everyone, we are back after a three-month hiatus, and we've decided to spend this episode talking about recent news and what we've been up to. And trust me, we've been up to a lot. So let's first discuss any interesting cases that we've handled lately. And we've been busy during the pan pandemic, haven't we, Michael? Oh, we have been. So much going on here. One of the cases I wanted to talk about uh, before we get into some of the other stuff is um, a case that we settled in December of 2020, just uh, last month. And um, the case total was a million dollars, which is pretty rare in Pennsylvania workers' compensation. We had settled the wage loss part of the case previously for over $200,000. And then we were able to secure a really large um, Medicare set aside for our, our clients so that he doesn't have to worry about any um, payments for medical treatment for his work injury, which was to his back. So um, when you put together the wage loss, we call it indemnity in workers' comp and the medical, um, the total settlement value was right at $1 million. So something we're really proud of. It doesn't happen too frequently in workers' comp. Client's a great guy, always friendly and respectful. And, um, you know, it's really nice to have helped him. One one thing that's really nice about our firm, as you know, is we're small. And being a boutique firm, um, especially only handling one area of law, which is workers' comp, mm -hmm. The files don't get passed around like hot potatoes, like they do with a lot of <laughs> hot potatoes, like a lot of the larger firms where they might have one one attorney covering one hearing and then the next hearing is covered by somebody else and then so on and so forth. And I think what happens in a lot of those cases is the there's mistakes made and they might seem little, but they can add up. And in our case, uh, at our firm, we're able to really maximize the value of each case and, and push for the fair value so that our clients can come out with, you know, the benefits that they deserve for their, for their injury. So let's shift gears and talk about some big firm news for those who haven't heard. We moved. Didn't we, we did. Absolutely. And we're coming, we're coming today from uh, studio 100 here, which is um, our address is 100 West main street and we're suite 120 in Lansdale at century one plaza. We're right in the heart of downtown Lansdale. In fact, as we're doing this podcast, we can see the railroad tracks. Um, that's the Doylestown um, Lansdale line. The R5 line. Yeah, I think it used to it used to be called the R5. I don't know if they call it, if they use those names anymore. No, I think I they call they it. the Lansdale Doylestown line now. Yeah, but in any event, it's great. And we get to hear the train um, every so often, as you know, and maybe even during the podcast, we'll hear one go by. So. We're really excited. The move made a lot of sense for us. Um, we were in Bluebell before off of Lenmar Drive, and it was a really nice, charming building. It was sort of broken up into different law firms. Um, but we were running out of space, and <clears throat> we, we looked at the space here, which was really gutted for us from 
you know, it was completely gutted. So it was a straight build out, what we wanted. We, yeah, we got. it was really nice to have that build out. And um, so we have more space here. You know, Lansdale's um, a little bit more fitting in terms of a blue collar field and, and Bluebell, although we are going to keep an address in Bluebell. Uh, but we wanted to move the main um, headquarters of the firm to um, to the spot here. And it's really nice. You know, we can walk outside, walk down to Round Guys, which is a great brewery, uh, Main Street Pizza, um, Stove and Tap is across the street. So we have a lot of options here. There's a lot of shopping. We can hop on the train. In fact, we took a little firm trip up to Doylestown over the holidays. That was really fun. So this location's working out great. Um, you know, and we're going to integrate ourselves into the community little by little, week after week. And um, so I, I think the move was great. And also, um, we started the brands, a local brand called My Lansdale Lawyers. And we have the website for that and a logo. So can you shed some light on that for us, why we started that? Well, what I wanted to do, Tom, was I wanted to come up with um, a local sort of brand or entity to, to be a resource for people in the Lansdale, North Wales, Montgomeryville, the, the North Penn area. Um, having grown up in this area, um, I thought it would be a really neat idea to, to come up with a sort of sub brand underneath the Cardamom Law umbrella as a resource for people. They can get reliable sure. help. If we can't help them with workers' comp, um, then we can refer them out to, to other reputable firms for their legal needs. So, um, the move to Lansdale also made sense to fulfill um, that new um, entity, the My Lansdale Lawyers brand. So let's jump gears a minute to there's a lot of marketing initiatives going on. We spent a decent amount of money last year for all the events that were supposed to happen that never happened, like the Tex-Mex 5K in North Wales, uh, Lansdale Day, Bike Night here in Lansdale. Uh, whatever we have around the community and it just didn't happen so this year it sounds like we're we're going to be rocking and rolling with the initiative so what are some of the events that we got coming up that we'll be sponsoring or attending one of the ones i'm really excited about is the um, reading phillies initiative oh that's a great one yeah we're we're gonna have um our name in the <clears throat> pardon me we're gonna have our name in the program for the home games for the reading phillies so um that'll be really neat It'll give us incentive to, to get up there and uh, catch a game or two, and um, that'll be really fun. I'm not sure offhand when the season starts. Do you know, Tom? Uh, it usually starts shortly after the Major League season, so probably end of April as opposed to beginning of April. Well, hopefully the pandemic will settle down enough by then that they'll allow fans, and even if it's not full capacity, hopefully sure. we'll be able to, you know, to get in there and enjoy some of the games. As you know, it's more – it's more intimate than going to a Phillies it's game. It's more family oriented at the Reading Phillies than it is at Citizens Bank Park playing for the major, watching the major league team. Play. It is, and it's it's nice for kids. You get a little bit more access. They have games, mm -hmm. things like that. The parking is easier. So, um, although the Phillies do have that kids section now that they built, I think two years ago, that seems like oh, you might be right. Yeah, it seems like it, they're they're going into the direction of more fan friendly and more kid-friendly yeah they're trying they to do that the, the Sixers do a good job with that with their intermission shows and the halftime the show are probably one of the best at that yeah I think they've they nailed that um, mm -hmm. 
a while ago. The Phillies, the Phil, the regular Phillies are okay because they have the Philly fanatic. Yes, which um, kids love. The kids love that. I mean that the Philly I fanatic. The, I love the Philly fanatic. The Philly fanatic might be, and you can tell me if you disagree. Maybe the best sort of sports character in in all of sports, let not just baseball, but overall. I well, I think what the Flyers did with their mascot Gritty, I think he's getting a lot of media. Um, he's been seen everywhere, and I think he's slowly creeping up on the fanatic. However, I don't know if you remember this, Michael. A few years ago, the fanatic was voted the best mascot in all of sports across the four majors: football, basketball, hockey, and soccer he he's the best i think you're right um yeah the gritty the gritty came off a a little bit disturbing to some people but i think you know he's gotten more traction to back up for a second the philly fanatic i believe for years and maybe even currently is actually a saint joe prep grad put in a plug for my alma mater but i can't remember his name might be Tom something, but I'm pretty sure the fanatic is actually Tom, Tom Burgoyne is his name. I think yes. There you go. <laughs> wow. As you people find out, I am a fountain of useless information, as Michael knows. Well, I wouldn't say useless. I would say useful. It came in handy there. So um, right. here's something we always look forward to: the Tex-Mex 5K race for open space in June. Talk about that a little bit. Oh, I love that. Uh, years ago, I actually ran in it when I was in a little bit better shape. Uh, but the Tex-Mex is basically a race for open space. It's a 5K. It's in the smack dab in the middle of the summer. I believe it's June 26th this year. I'd yeah, to, it's, it's – I'd have to look. It's usually like a Wednesday night. It's so hot too. It is usually – I mean, there's, there have been, I would say, five out of the last six or seven years. Well, last year it didn't happen because of the COVID. But prior to that – the, the say five out of six years before the temperature was over 85 degrees it's and been brutal. some of the times I, it was near 100 with the heat index and it was brutal and even though you're running through some of the charming shady streets in north wales you know with the hills and the humidity if you're not in good shape that 3.2 miles seems like 10 miles so uh but we love that we love sponsoring that race um so, it's it's really fun afterwards, you know, to, to have yes. the drinks under the lights and they have the band and we get to run into people from, you know, grade school or neighbors or whatever. So that's something I'm really hoping we can get back to this year. It's sort of a, a week by week thing, as you know. So, yes, something um, I'd also like to get to this year is my alma mater, North Penn High School Knights baseball team. Are we sponsoring them this year? Yes. Yeah, we, we're going to have a banner. I believe it's going to be in the outfield for yes. all the games. Um, in center field where I roamed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that'll be really nice. Um, we can kind of relive our glory days playing baseball in the Nordwen League for all those years. So so those of you that are local to the area know that back in the early to mid-90s, when you hit a ball at North Penn High School, it went out to Summitown Pike and it was a home run. They had no stadium. It was just the open field. Remember that? Yes. It was just the open field. And and I remember running for my life a lot of times. I'm like, why did he hit it this far? <laughs> but they have a beautiful, Mike, and I'm sure you can attest, it's a beautiful campus now, a baseball stadium that they built, fencing, dugouts. It is gorgeous. It is great. And we invite you all to come out there. If we go back um, – to see our banners uh just a little plug here 
like you said, the Knights are always a dangerous baseball team. They are two-time state champions, Mike. They are. They actually put out a video, if anybody follows their Facebook um, profile for the team, they put a video out a couple days ago. Man, it got me psyched. It was, I forget what song it was in the background, but they were, they were showing some of the players, you know, pitching in the gym and, um, and some of the hitters taking batting practice. And, man, it, just hearing the crack of the bat, that's enough to get you into the spring uh, mood, like instantly. I can't wait for this weather to be over and this pandemic to be done so I can just go out at, and, my, at my advanced age and just start throwing and hitting again. And their coach, um, their coach actually coached my nephew, Alex, in the, I think it's called the Big 33 Classic, where the, the best players from Pennsylvania play he's the best really, players from he's Maryland. A really great coach, too. I went out there last year in um, the Harrisburg area for one of the games and. He was one of the coaches. I think there were some North Penn players that had maybe one. I can't remember that made the team as well, but he's a great guy. So I'm, I'm, it'll be really nice to support the team. And they're always, as you said earlier, they're really dangerous. They're, this area is always strong for baseball. Between um, the rivals that have been really good the past couple of years, too, is Souderton High School. Souderton, yeah. On the years that North Penn has not won a state title, Souderton has. And they're, they've been impressive with football recently, as you know. Yes, they they gave the good. prep, you know, although the final score maybe didn't indicate that. They were, I think, the prep maybe had run out to a huge lead, if prep I remember. Prep was up by 30, I believe, and it made it like a 10-point game. And then Saturn came back. Now, I'm not quite sure if the starters were pulled for the prep or not. But regardless, they went really far. And... Um, you know, they should be proud of that. But, yeah, their baseball team is good, too. One other baseball team that's in the area that nobody talks about and they're in the playoffs year after year is Christopher Dock. Christopher Dock, the men, they've been good for a long time because my brother played um, in the Nordwen League in the – was it the uh, – what was it after – like in high school and college, was it the Perky League? It was the Perky Valley. There was Legion Ball, Legion. and then there was the Perky Valley Toilet League. I don't know. I remember he played Legion. I don't remember if he played Perky. But I remember, um, I think some of the games were at Nor Gwenfield, but also at Christopher Perky. Dock, maybe. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. They've always had really nice fields, too. Pristinely kept and, and just a strong program. As you can hear in the background, the train coming through like we were just – previously speaking about a while ago. One of the one of the charms of this new office, indeed. Along the same lines, we're also sponsoring a team in the Whippane Recreational League. Michael? Yeah, that's going to be great. In fact, we were supposed to sponsor them this past um, year, but because of the pandemic, the season got um, canceled. So when that starts up again, um, I believe one of the teams is going to be called Cardamon Law, which will be great. I'm not quite sure if it's going to be a – softball team or baseball, but I should find out probably in the next several weeks as we inch closer towards spring. So that'll be really fun too to um, to be a part of. What we also have too is the rec leagues for youth basketball. I think we should try to get into that as well at some point. Yeah, definitely a good idea. We also continue along with Ask the Experts radio show. Our, my esteemed colleague right here has his next appearance. And when is that going to be, Mike? Actually, it's coming up on Tuesday, the 26th, I believe. Yes. And it's going to be at 1030. Uh, It's on WWDBAM, which is Talk 860. Um, They keep renewing my contract, which is great. I really enjoy um, doing that show. It can be a little dry at times. It's it's about Pennsylvania workers' comp law, but we try to um, have fun with it as well. So it's 
tends to be a, a quick 30 minutes, but entertaining. Um, I used to go into the studio in Ballot Kinwood for that, but for the last four to six episodes or so, um, we're just doing it remotely. But I really enjoy that. So hopefully people can tune in on Tuesday morning at, at 1030. Even if you're working from home, you can pop it up on the Internet and learn some nerdy little uh, insights about Pennsylvania workers' comp law. I've got to say, I have learned considerable amount since I came on board working here at Cardamon Law. Things I've never even knew about. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of nuances with comp. I mean, it, it sounds simple um, in terms of the area of law. You think of workers' comp, okay, you have wage loss and medical benefits. And then you see a, about an 800-page Bible that we call Yellow Book on my desk usually, and it'll have um, different case law in there and parts of the regulations and the and it's become really really complex that's why they have a certification exam if you want to kind of set yourself aside as a specialist and i had taken that exam years ago and passed it so there's only a i can't remember maybe a hundred claimant attorneys in the state that are certified specialists and it's good for marketing it tells people yes. mm -hmm. these guys do mostly workers comp in fact for us that's all we do but it lets people know that we're not just dabbling in it uh, but that's our, you know, a focus for our practice. And for all of those listening, I'm going to take a stab at this, but workers' compensation is not as cut and dry as criminal law. Guilty, not guilty, period. That's it. And the story. It's not as simple as that. No. And I would even, you know, I would even state that criminal law is not even that black and white either. Um, the more you learn about a body of law, the more nuances that you realize are, are part of it. So, um you know, people, unfortunately, they, they can't really handle these cases on their own. They don't have the money. They don't know how to take a deposition. They don't need, they don't know how to meet their burden of proof. So, you know, it may not be fair. Maybe the system should have less complications and less legalese and these kind of things. But the reality is it's very complicated. And I bet you criminal law is probably a lot more than, than it looks like. It yeah, I mean... So well, to, well, to the average person, that's what everybody feels criminal law is. They're guilty, not guilty. That's it. Yeah. And I think I think watching TV programs um, and, and movies can give people a certain impression that's not always um, not always accurate in terms of some of the the nitty gritty parts of a practice you're not going to see on TV. They're going to oversimplify things, you know. Sure. Naturally. Now, I'd like to talk about something before we go. Um I'm sure a lot of people out there are wondering, well, how is our firm handling the COVID? So given the pandemic, if you have a client that was injured at work or has a personal injury, something along those lines, and they need our services, how are we handling that with the COVID? What do you suggest they do? Well, I'm comfortable meeting with clients. I actually had the virus. Luckily, I didn't have anything major. I recovered quickly. Um, that's not to say that I don't mask up. I'm very careful. I have the mask on anytime I'm, you know, outside of my house. I wash my hands constantly. So I, I keep um, the precautions in place. However, I'm willing to meet with clients. If they are, we can still socially distance. Um, but for the most part, people are wanting to um, communicate by telephone, sometimes Zoom, and... Um, and, and that's been fine. And it'll it'll settle down and relax as the vaccine keeps rolling out. And 
the hearings never stopped, which has been great. The Department of Labor and Industry has been amazing. We never had any stop to our our trials. Everything just sort of converted to phone or Zoom or Skype. So, um, but yeah, it's really a case by case thing. Whatever our clients are comfortable with, you know. I've even I even went out to someone's home last week to sign them up, and you know they were comfortable. We we were wearing our masks, and um, so it's you know ideally you would say remote communication is the safest, but some people, they just want to put a face with a name, you know, make sure that you're, you are who you, who they, you know, you say you are and so on. So I'm flexible with that, whatever people are comfortable with. So you and I have talked, I want my money, Michael. Um, I want to sign this paper. I want it done. I can't get into your office due to the COVID. The courts are closed. How do I get my paperwork due to get my money? Well, the workers' comp courts are not closed. Um, like I said, we're, we're still, everything's still moving the way it used to. Um, in fact, I, you know, it's actually more efficient for claimants attorneys like us because before the pandemic, we were on the road most of, you know, four out of five days a week driving the hearings all over the place. Then you would get back and you'd have like a whole slew of work to do, your regular work. And so the days are really long. And now we're doing hearings by phone and you don't have all that driving and so on. So, uh, but to kind of answer your question more directly, you would sign our papers. We would email them to you or snail mail them. You would sign them and either snail them, mail them back, fax them back or email them back. We don't need originals. Mm -hmm. um, we even have the um, electronic signature program um, so that people can, can sign stuff really fast. So yeah, workers comp has been moving very, you know, fluidly and it's not a problem to get our papers to people quickly. Sometimes people want to come in and sign them. We have, we've had a few people that have stopped in to sign, you know, the fee agreement and the HIPAA form to get everything rolling. With, with the way the mail has been going, what are you telling your clients um, what to expect about receiving our first check in the mail? Great question. The mail, in my opinion, before recently, has been the, the most reliable service in the world. I've, I'll be 47 soon. I don't recall ever really having an issue ever with the mail. No. But, but recently, the mail's been really backed up. I'm assuming it's due to COVID and, and less postal workers. Um, and also maybe the holidays um, exacerbated that. Because we've had checks that are arriving two, three, four weeks late. And we're, you know, in this quandary, you know, should we ask the insurance company to issue a stop pay and reissue? Um, so what I'm telling our clients is to be patient. And the judges just recently put out a message that they're getting inundated with penalty petitions, which is what we file if somebody's checks are late. Mm -hmm. And you have to build in a little wiggle room because the, these things are on cycles that the insurance companies and the mail can play a factor too. But they, the mail has been so backed up recently that the system is getting overloaded with penalty petitions to remedy that the judges have suggested alternative delivery form and trying to get the insurance companies to do direct deposit. Some of them are, are not really a fan of that and don't have that in place. So, but I'm just telling my clients, look, be patient. We'll stay on top of it. Um, you know, we, we have the option to file the penalty petition to light a fire under them, but, a lot of the insurance companies are saying, Mike, the check was in the mail. 
whatever, January 3rd, January 4th. So we have to make a decision about let it ride and keep waiting another few days or do a stop pay and reissue and hope that it just finds its way here quicker or to the client quicker. So it's been very frustrating for people though. Is it a feasible suggestion to mention to the insurance companies, hey, would you be willing to FedEx it overnight or next next day or today? They're really reluctant to do that. I, you know, probably it's a cost issue. I volunteered to pay for that um, for, you know, our client, our clients checks and also ours. And the other attorneys sort of <laughs> kind of ignore the, the option. I don't think they like doing that because you got to remember on the insurance company end, there are a lot of these claims reps or insurance companies are dealing with like two, three, 500, 600, 700 cases. Mm-hmm. And these things are on computer cycles. And so if they started FedExing stuff, you know, their cost would probably skyrocket. Sure, so, sure. And they're not required to under the act. Um, so, yeah, it's been very frustrating. Hopefully things will smooth out here. You know, now we're well past the holidays. Mm-hmm. And again, we're not in a great spot, but at least the vaccine's out. And you got to think that week by week, little by little, things are going to sort of iron out here. I'm hoping so. Well, listen, everybody, thank you for tuning into our show today. We are running out of time. Please join us again for our next podcast here at Cardinal Law University at where, Michael? At 100 West Main. Yes, Studio Studio 100. 100. And we remind you that if you have any legal matters, we can help refer you to the right law firm, correct? That's right. If we can't handle it, we'll refer you out promptly. There's no fee for that. Uh, We'll put you in great hands as soon as we can. And remember, you can contact us at any time at www.cardamonelaw. That's C-A-R-D-A-M-O-N-E-L-A-W.com. Again, it's www.cardamonelaw, C-A-R-D-A-M-O-N-E-L-A-W.com, or by simply calling us at 215-206-9068. And remember, we have offices in Lansdale, Bluebell, Allentown, Philadelphia, and Lancaster. So we serve injured workers all over Eastern and Central Pennsylvania. So with that being said, I'd like to bid you guys a farewell today. Michael, as always, thanks for being here. Thank you, Tom. And stay healthy, and we look forward to talking to you next month. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.